Thanks to Quip for supporting the AppleBits XL. Join over 7 million mouths who use Quip and save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get a Quip smart brush for just $25. Go to getquip.com slash AppleBits and get your first refill for free. And thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting the AppleBits XL as well. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and high quality fabrics. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash AppleBits and enter promo code AppleBits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most. It is mid-November. We are at episode 196. Are we at 196? I repeat, 196 if we are. We're either at 195 or 196. We're getting close to 200. I mean, we're going to hit 200 by the end of this year. But welcome, everybody. This is the show where we talk about all the latest, the big news, the stories kind of that revolve around the world of Apple, the good stuff, the bad stuff. And so we don't have too many big stories, but we got some good things to talk about this week. Um, the Apple Grove Store opened. We have Apple jumping on the right to repair, and we're going to talk about all the different angles we can look at that, plus a few other product rumors. But uh, it's, it's, we're going to have some good juice up in here. And we got some voicemails because I've been telling you all to call in, and finally we got enough where we can put them in the show, and they talk about some of the stuff we've talked about in the past episodes. But first, let's get to the orders of business. Obviously, I just talked about voicemails. This show is all about you all. You can participate, be an active participant of the show. All you got to do is record your voice memo, send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Keep it around one minute, one minute 30, and we will put it in our show. Uh, we have five calls this week, so just be a part of it. It's really fun, and I love hearing from you all. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support the show. And I'm always grateful because every week I always get kind of like one or two new supporters of the Patreon. And really what that allows me to do is continue to make this content. It really directly helps support this podcast as well. You get early access to my content. And when I say early access, uh, I'm dropping a music video on Monday, but I'm going to give it to Patreon supporters on Sunday. I haven't done a music video in a while. And, uh, this one is a goodie. Plus, not only do you get early access to content, you get bonus rewards at each level. You get a completely ad-free version every week of this podcast through the RSS feed as well. And then we have exclusive things like a Closure Rings Challenge uh, that we just did last month. We're going to do another one in January. And then we also have the monthly Zoom live call-in for about an hour with me. And it's really cool to be a part of this community and hang out and really also get to know all you all who have allowed me to continue to do this. So. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong starts at $2 per month, $5, the $10, $25, or the $100 platinum Apple level if you want to go large. So thank you so much again. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my content. All right, so let's jump into it. And again, you're not, not too much, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it earth shattering news, but how about this? Nothing that has sh- shaken the product side, whether it's rumors or news, but I do want to first talk about what I just attended recently to start this off. And, you know, Apple always makes opening their stores a big deal. So they just recently, after I believe roughly 19 years, they opened a new, completely redesigned Apple store at the Grove Shopping Center. It's actually called Apple the Grove. I know that sounds weird. But it's called Apple the Grove. It's a new store in the Grove. So there was one that originally was there 
um, that was that it, the design had kind of ended up looking dated and felt like really that first crop of Apple stores that was a lot more white uh, had specific wooden tables, but not as much stone decor. Um, didn't kind of have that ceramic tile against some ceramic, not ceramic tile, but kind of ceramic surfaces. Well, the new store has the big giant sliding glass window doors a la San Francisco Union Square. Um, but instead, like, there's a lot more metal finishes, a lot more uh, shiny metal finishes. And I think the highlight of this store is, yes, they kind of want to connect it to outside. They have trees inside the store that are the same as the trees outside the store. But this ceiling, not only is it high up, it's this metallic ceiling that is basically looks like this huge mirror. And what's interesting about the ceiling is that I talked to some of the retail employees at the store and they said it's made so that you can't, it, it, it doesn't need to be cleaned. So I guess whatever the surface is, whether it's uh, you know, static electricity that, bring, that gathers particles or fibers from our clothes stuff, it, it will never need to be dusted. Because I looked at it, I'm like, who's going who's gonna to be responsible for cleaning that? And I was told that it doesn't need to be cleaned. It looks really amazing. It makes the store look huge and massive. And uh, it's, you know, Apple stores are kind of highlights to visit when you have kind of flagship designs like this. And this is clearly another multi-million dollar store design. But the takeaway I got from this, I decided to attend it, is that I got a chance to meet Tim Apple. But this is the funny thing, right? I learned a lot from really seeing Tim Cook interact at the store. And I'll be honest with you, this dude, uh, he was pulled in so many directions. Tim Cook is really, really, really nice and generous with his time at the Apple store. And some people might say, oh, you're supposed to be. But you don't understand. He's like standing in the spot and there's people like around him in a circle and everyone's trying to basically take a picture with them. And so I decided to just wait my way through the turn of people to get a picture with because I never have before. And so, but I'm saying literally like once someone stopped talking, someone else pulls them. So I didn't even like try to be Mr. Aggressive. I just hung out there. And what was kind of funny is there's this huge mass around Tim Cook and you get some like different people in the store that are athletes or actors that are trying to, you know, talk to him as well and take up more of his time. But one person that like literally no one stopped to take a picture of that was in the area of Tim Cook, they were so obsessed with Tim Cook, was freaking legendary actress Octavia Spencer. And I was like, oh my God, that's Octavia Spencer. So I asked her if I could take a picture with her really quickly. And I told her, you know, thank you so much for your roles and your storytelling and the impact it's made on a lot of people. And she was really sweet. So then I finally, so she was awesome, but literally no one was like stopping her to take pictures. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Then got to Tim Cook and, you know, it's not like I was going to interview him or anything, but what I, I just told him, I was like, hey, Tim, you know, I'm a content creator that covers a lot of your Apple products, and so just wanted to say hi, and, you know, thanks for all your cool work, and I, that's about it, and he said, you know, just really nicely, oh, thank you very much, tapped me on the shoulder, took a picture, and that was it. That was the interaction. So, um, but when I tell you this man is pulled in so many directions, I felt bad for him. Like, I don't know, maybe in the span of, and he's he's too nice. Like he didn't have that handler that can be like the bad guy that can be the jerk that say, "Come on, get over here." He just lets people who want to talk to him come up to him. He gives everyone their time. Like everyone has like, I'm sorry. I mean, because I heard not everyone. 
everyone has lame stories to tell him, okay? It's like, oh, you, I have an iPhone all these years. Thank you so much. And he's probably like, I just, you know, help direct, you know, the business side of it, but I'm not the one designing the iPhone. And there's just some lame stories. So I just, you know, these people, their time is valuable. And it just felt like he was like this piece of meat. And everyone wanted a piece of him just to like get a picture or talk him up or chat him up. I It was kind of interesting because I did feel like, you know, there were some actors, um, and I'm not going to name them, and there were some athletes there too, but I do also feel like, yes, it is LA, but even at the Apple Tower Theater store, I think that there are some people that want to get on in Apple's good graces because they want to lock down Apple TV Plus deals. Like, they want to be on Apple TV Plus you know, they want to be anywhere that they can make a series or have one of their visions come to life. But also, I mean, you get paid when you get these series launched. So I thought it was kind of interesting seeing that those um, type of people interact with them. And Octavia Spencer was not, I'm not saying that she was one of them, but she happened to be there. I just, no one, no one really even said either. It was so stupid, but um, I really felt (laughs) watching him. I felt bad for him and he's just too nice. He's so nice that he'll say hi to everyone, let everyone talk to him. And he just didn't, I don't know. After maybe like half an hour of that, that's cool. But he was sticking around. I, I think that was at least an hour in. He was still doing that. I felt, I just felt so it was relentless. The dude is like turning one way, gets pulled another way, turns another way. And he's just so nice about it. I'm like, damn, I really respect him, like how he could deal with people. And, you know, I guess you could say it comes to the territory, but it was pretty insane. Okay. The big story that kind of recently happened when we talk about, you know, Apple. And what they've done and maybe what they haven't done is Apple's kind of been in the center recently, especially, you know, with this whole as the fervor and the talk and chat of right to repair has come up. We talked about this last week where, look, if we buy a product and we own it, why do we not have the option to do certain things with it if we are skilled enough? And so what Apple did earlier in the week is they announced a new self-service repair program. So that's going to allow customers who are comfortable and quite honestly skilled enough with completing their own repairs, it's going to give them access to Apple genuine parts and tools, okay? This is unprecedented. This is monumental to me for Apple to make such a shift. I mean, this is the company that stopped allowing you to... uh, your own hard drive installations or RAM installations. And yes, their products are ridiculously complex. Like, what do I feel comfortable replacing my screen? I think I would have to do it a couple times before I felt comfortable doing it. But look, there's been a community that has really championed this right to repair cause. And they are the ones that are fought, that have fought for this to even give consumers and highly skilled consumers the ability to repair their own products. Now, it's going to first start with the iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 lineups. Um, It will then be followed by Mac computers featuring M1 chips. This program is going to start and be available early next year. It's called the Self-Service Repair, and it'll start in the U.S. It's going to expect to uh, expand to additional countries throughout 2022. So this allows customers to join more than 5,000 Apple-authorized service providers and 2,800 independent repair providers. Now, I was surprised by the backlash this program got. It's almost like, guess what? Apple's just giving people an option. That's all they're doing. Instead, the skeptics and the haters came out. I'm not even defending Apple. I'm just like, what What are you guys, are you guys really just that mad about things? So 
a lot of skeptics said, oh, barely anyone's going to repair their phones and their products. Uh, people are going to screw up their repairs. Uh, their parts are going to cost a whole lot of money. Um, Apple's doing this just to avoid you know, um, anything happening with legislation that would work against them. And I would say, yeah, those are reasons to that you can bring up, but they didn't even have to do this. Like, I didn't hear you bitching about these same people that are bitching about them doing it were not the same people bitching about them not doing it. So you can you can complain and be skeptical about this. To me, it's just better to have an option than to not have an option. Those people that are bitching about it, they weren't the ones fighting for right to repair. And if they were, and now they're saying, oh, these devices are so complex to repair, well, then they didn't understand what they were just jumping on this idea instead of understanding how complex this is. I think this is great for people who have the ability and want to do this. And guess what? Most of us are going to go to an Apple store or an authorized service provider and pay for the repair or use Apple Care and pay the $50 or whatever it is fee to get it done on top of what we've paid um, to cover our products. And that's okay too. So I just don't understand why people are so mad about this. I'm just like, it's another option. So, and you kind of saw Apple stepping back on this. Remember, it was just last week that we had talked about initially this big thing that was discovered by iFixit was that there's this little small chip, this little microcontroller. And if certain repair centers needed to do a display replacement for an iPhone 13, they didn't have the proper tools or softwares to relink that little microcontroller to a new installed display. And that would mean that Face ID would no longer work if you replaced your display on an iPhone 13. Last week, we then learned that they stepped back and said, oh, don't worry about that. We're gonna make it with a software update that you do not need our tools and your face ID will work with the iPhone 13 if you replace this display. So that was one of those kind of small, maybe hints before this big announcement happened. But again, no one, no rumor mill, no single reporter reported that this was going to happen. So it came out as a surprise. And quite honestly, it was kind of refreshing that, oh, an actual Apple news story that was significant surprised us. I mean, when was the last time we've been surprised? We just haven't because, you know, the leakers are so good now, right? Uh, they, they, We know so much in general. We know so much about these devices. I just don't understand where all the hate came from. It was like, are you guys, There's there's reasons to be, I don't know. It's the difference between skeptical versus being like, ah, this program sucks. This is BS. It's Apple's just doing this. Um, you know, if you support it, you're you're just reading the PR bullet. I think bullet points. I think there's. I think it's great that it exists. And if you're not going to use it, you're not going to use it. Big whoop de doo. Like, I guess some people just had to get cray cray about it. So, anyways, the self service repair program. I'm really curious about what you think about it. Um, now that I've kind of laid it out there. If you're frustrated about it because you weren't going to take advantage of it anyways, <laughs> that's the dumbest reason to be frustrated. But I think there's going to be some people that are going to be really happy about this. And those are the people that have been fighting for right to repair from day one. And 90, I would arguably say this new self-service repair program affects and works for about 2% of the Apple user base. Maybe even that. Everyone else, is, it's business as usual. And that's fine. They're going to start with some of the more 
common repairs to make available for customers to do this. So that'd be things like a display repair or a battery swap. Um, but I really thought it was fascinating that the Mac and the M1 would be part of this. That's really interesting that the Mac's going to be part of this program too. You know, you, you got to make sure you get one of those grounding strips so that you don't have a static charge in your body when you do any type of work with opening up electronics because you could legitimately damage your phone or computer if you just think like, oh, I'm going to sit on this chair in my living room after I walked on my carpet and open it up. You don't want to do that. So um, this plan, again, goes into effect early 2022 iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 will be the first products that will support with a rollout to the Mac and Macs with M1 chips after that. And I think I said in my video, oh, you know, this is cool, but I still can't, you know, up upgrade my own RAM. And I kind of paused for a moment and someone reminded me, hey, uh, the new M1 chip, yeah, you, you can't access your RAM because it's all integrated into that unified memory system. So you don't need to do that anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah, you make a good point. So either way, I'd love to hear what you all think about this right to repair program. Are you happy about it? Are you one of those angry people that are like, Apple's just trying to trick us and just get ahead of you know government legislation? Because what had happened is that um, Joe Biden had recently signed an executive order um, and then the Federal Trade Commission put a vote forward through it um, to kind of move this along. So it was going to be an inevitability anyways. You know, government was going to try and push for this whole right to repair. So, you know, Apple did it before it happened. Hey, guess what? Cool, they got ahead of it. If they did it later, cool, they did it later. It doesn't, I don't know why everyone turned it to this crazy thing like, oh, this is horrible. I still can't get over it. Maybe people are just bah humbug before the holidays. I don't know. They just need to chill out. All right. Thanks again to Quip for sponsoring this podcast. You know, we're getting a lot closer to things, getting back to normal. We're getting into our routines and seeing people. And I don't know about you. You know, maybe you might have skipped brushing your teeth a few times uh, during these times because maybe you're tired and you're just staying at home all day, working all day. I'm just saying it happens. I'm not saying this is a regular thing, um, but I know you've done it too. So, hey, guess what? Good health starts with good habits, and Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials that you need to care for your mouth. The Quip electric toothbrush is loved by over 7 million mouths and has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. It's lightweight, and there's, there's a sleek design for adults and kids with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. It uses a multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount for less clutter, so it like just sticks. It has that kind of sticky surface. Surface that just sticks right on your mirror if you want that. On top of your brushing, you can upgrade your Quip with a new smart motor to track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app. You can earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. And beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build this complete routine. There's the anti-cavity toothpaste in mint or watermelon. Uh, I picked mint. It tastes just fine. That helps prevent cavities. And then there's two-way floss, two ways to floss. You get a floss string that expands the clean or reusable floss picks that replace over 180 disposable picks with every refill. In addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills every three months from $5. Shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. With stylish and affordable electric brushes starting at just $25, you won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. <laughs> get it? The Quip toothbrush is super minimalist and elegant, and the app tracks your activity and coaches you for better habits, and it's a renewing, refreshing way to take care of your health. 
So go to getquip.com slash Applebits right now. You'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Applebits spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Applebits. Quip, the good habits company. And thanks also again to Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and high quality fabrics. If you're looking to save time on deciding what to wear, Mack Weldon has a solution for you with their new daily wear system. The daily wear system has clothes made with performance fabrics and smart design. This includes breathable t-shirts and polos. You got some stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear, and more. Mack Weldon makes it easy to dress for any occasion, whether it's work or whether it's going out for leisure or for play. And I got to order some of Mack Weldon's pieces, and you can also make them work together right they're super versatile and it's it's kind of fun to just be casual with them so let's say for the ultimate lazy sunday they have their ace sweat shorts that have modern tailoring and then they pair perfectly with their ultra soft ultra upgraded pima tees i mean i'll be all mac weldon out for the weekend because it's pretty comfy so for 20 percent off your first order visit macweldoncom slash apple bits and enter promo code apple bits that's MacWeldon dot com slash apple bits with promo code apple bits for 20 percent off mac weldon radically efficient wardrobing okay everybody um what do you want to hear first do you want to hear about apple car news or apple glasses i'm gonna let's let's go apple glasses and i only say that because i think those are closer to being to actually coming out and also more interesting than the apple car which i continue to lose more and more interest in, but maybe maybe they spice things up for me after uh, the Apple car, car story. But let's start off with the Apple AR headset that we know is rumored and is getting closer and closer. So according to Morgan Stanley analysts, the Apple AR headset, this is kind of that mixed AR VR headset that we're expecting to see soon. And when I say soon, rumored maybe sometime next year, they say that it is approaching liftoff in quotes. And what they're why they're leaning into that they're basically saying, hey, it's getting closer and closer to being ready. And the evidence is that a lot of these patents that have been out there in the development cycle are beginning to match the same kind of pattern and the same amount of patents that were publicly made available during the development of the Apple Watch before it was announced in late 2014. So we, we've seen all these different things about you know, VR, different hardware, different input mechanisms, how it can talk to your iPhone and different UIs for Apple's rumored Apple AR VR headset. You know, the patents are out there. You can find them. Even if you want to just go dig around, just check out patentlyapple.com. They have tons of them just there. So the report is saying, hey, Apple's patent portfolio is now beginning to mirror the same period that happened to the Apple Watch launch, which means we should be getting closer and closer. You know, even talking about when I say iPhone connectivity and kind of the different sensors, the thinking and what we believe is that this first generation headset will lean heavily on the iphone to do all the computing power and the iphone itself will obviously transmit a majority of that information to the glasses to feed them so because think of how hot your iphone gets in your pocket when the camera's on and when it's working hard you don't want that on your face probably so that's why they're gonna do all the heavy lifting with the iphone and then most likely send it to these air glasses. So this is getting close to becoming a reality. Early reports say that this mixed reality headset 
will launch sometime in late 2022 to early 2023. So that is next year, obviously. But, you know, I, I don't, it's going to be, Apple's going to really have to show me a compelling reason for me to fall in love with these Apple glasses. And I think it's, again, it's, I've said this multiple times here. It's going to be many years before we see that super slim, ideal, the glasses that look like the glasses you see today integrated with AR technology, whatever. Right now, the only glasses that we have that even look like that pretty much are either similar things from um, Bose that play music. We have the Snapchat glasses that record little clips. Um, was it Ray-Ban that recently came out with their own kind of glasses that capture uh, images, you know? It, they aren't doing that much, and they aren't that slim, and they aren't looking that stylish. I don't know a single person who genuinely is using any of those eyeglasses that have speakers in the in the uh, arms to listen to music. I just don't. And so it's going to really take a lot for the general population to start using these glasses with technology on their face comfortably and just feel like it kind of seamlessly integrates in their life. But you know, all this metaverse talk, Apple's not trying to be a part of the metaverse, everybody. I mean, to me, their best bet is to lean into these the AR aspects of enhancing our own lives instead of trying to jump on that metaverse. And the metaverse is real. It's going to happen. I'm still kind of 50-50 on I know some people are pushing really hard on it, but I, I do feel like, and I said this in one of my videos, the people that are really preaching and excited about the metaverse are the ones that are invested in it and want it to make money. So in turn, they will make money. So you have companies that are going to invest in it because they're hoping it's a new revenue stream for them as a business, whether you're a content creator, whether you're a tech bro investor that is pumping it up and talking about it all the time on social media, or whether you're a company that's making actual hardware that will participate in this. But I don't think Apple and Facebook are not friends, right? Apple specific specific privacy approach to privacy privacy policy and how they've integrated into their apps legitimately you know facebook even came out and said it affected their bottom line their revenue was lower and they pointed at apple's new privacy changes on their iphone as being one of those reasons that affected their revenue so apple and facebook aren't trying to work together anytime soon and they're instead they're competing and trying to figure out this space in different ways so Facebook is is really going to try and make the push to be the next mainstream, really, or the name for whatever this new VR future holds for us. Look, the Oculus Quest 2 is the best VR headset for a consumer today. I mean, it rocks, but I can still only wear it for like 15 or 20 minutes. I know young people, like my nephew, could wear it for like an hour and a half, and then his face comes all sweaty, and he just like brain fried after it. I don't know if that's a good thing either, but... um. And that's not me sounding like an old person. <laughs> it's just, I see it. So we're, we're going to see how these two companies, Facebook and Apple, approach this AR, VR space. They're going to approach it differently. They're going to compete in different ways. And um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I am fascinated about it. And I can't wait to see what they deliver. And when I say what they, Apple and Facebook in the next coming years. It, but I don't need, look, I don't need the metaverse. I need the real world needs to, there's a whole lot going on in the real world that needs to be addressed before we start just wanting to escape to the metaverse. That's all I'm saying. All right. You want to talk about Apple car? Uh, This is, oh, let's just get to the story. (laughs) All right. So Bloomberg's Mark Gurman put out a report 
recently about the Apple car and specifically says that Apple is picking up its work. They're accelerating their attention on the Apple design car and is hoping to create a fully autonomous vehicle, right? Which is the holy grail of cars right now. Tesla hasn't done it yet. They haven't been able to get close to that. They're still not necessarily, they're putting out some betas, but we're not as, we were expecting they had been boasting about it coming a lot sooner. It's still in beta testing. Well, Apple's refocusing the project around full self-driving vehicles. Again, a goal that no other car manufacturers have been able to achieve up to this point. Now, this Apple car project has been going on for, I believe, roughly six, six or seven years. Um, they started work on it way back, at least conceptualizing it back in 2014. And this project has continued to go through all these different transformations because guess what? It's not that easy to just jump in and make a car. You know, at one point we had heard that they got rid of their plans for a full vehicle and then we're going to kind of focus more on software. And then the rumors in 2020 started picking up again that, hey, they're actually going to be working on their new car and uh, Korean car manufacturers might be working with them because Apple's not all of a sudden going to create a car manufacturing plant anytime soon. So here's the thing that I thought was interesting. Uh, You know, the Apple car chip, Right, Apple has really pushed the envelope when it comes to chips and processing. And the report says that the Apple car chip is the most advanced component that Apple has developed internally. And it's made up primarily of neural processors that can handle the AI needed specifically for autonomous driving. So this chip's capabilities will mean it'll probably run pretty hot and require some sophisticated cooling for this system. But they're hoping to develop a vehicle that can spare consumers from drive fatigue when they're on long trips. Like my lady has a Tesla. I'll tell you, driving that and stop and go traffic with the self-driving to me, that's the best part of it. Because when you're cruising at like 75, 80, you always have to keep on still paying attention to the steering wheel and move it a little bit just to let them know, hey, there's a real driver there. But um, man, in stop and go traffic, that thing is a godsend. It's like so nice. But Again, Apple's an outsider to this industry, and they're just not going to jump right in. The thing that stuck out the most in this self-driving car dream, Apple wants to design a car that does not have a steering wheel or pedals at all with an interior that's going to be geared towards a completely hands-off driving experience. (laughs) So they've even considered like a lifestyle vehicle. There's a company called Canoe, spelled C-A-N-O-O, that you guys can check out online where passengers sit like along, they're facing each other. So it's like two seats, two seats. You're just kind of hanging out, socializing, kind of like you would on a train, but this would be an actual car. But look, they're still discussing the inclusion of a steering wheel. God, I mean, it sounds cool at first, but I'm still of the school of thought that... We want a steering wheel as an option. I don't think we're there yet. Their goal is to get this car done. Okay, done and out there by 2025. That's in basically three years from now? Okay, fine. Let's say the end of 2025, so four years. And remember, they've had a lot of turnover. I think they've had somewhere around like four or five different changes in management for this project in the past six years. So... Ultimately, Apple is aiming to launch their own self-driving car, potentially, potentially without a steering wheel or any type of pedals whatsoever 
in four years. That would put their debut at 2025. I don't see that happening, and that's okay. I don't think that people are clamoring for an Apple car because guess what car is actually the Apple car already? Tesla. And guess who else coming out? Who else? Who else is coming out with another car that's going to be pretty dang smart and is an EV car that I'm really, really genuinely curious about? Rivian with their R1T truck and their R1S SUV. I mean, there's a lot of companies that this stuff, this stuff just doesn't happen in four years like that. I and I don't know who their manu- Apple's manufacturing partner is going to be. Um, maybe they sell a car that's less technologically advanced, but I think that for them to They've made major leaps before, right? We saw it with the iPhone. We saw it with the iPad. It had learned what the industries had done. But the car industry is a completely different beast. And I'm never one to count them out, but a self-driving car without a steering wheel or pedals in 2025, that doesn't pass the sniff test. Like, think about it. When someone tells you that, if you hear that on the street, someone tells you that information, Apple is going to make a self-driving car without a steering wheel and pedals in 2025, you're going to say like, sure, dude. No, that's not going to happen. And that's just how I feel. All right, everybody, I told you to call in and be a part of the show. We got five calls coming at you. Remember, all you got to do, record your voice memo, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And we'll put you on here, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Keep it around a minute, 30 at the most. And we'll get them on. And all of these four people from what I can, t- uh, five people from what I can tell, played by the rules. So let's start off with our first call coming to us from Bo. Hey, Brown, this is Bo. First off, bad Apple going to Siri because I asked her to record a voice memo while I was driving. And she said, no, I can't do that while you're in the car which makes no sense to me because that seems like a perfectly safe thing to do make a voice memo for later. Maybe I did something wrong. Anyways, point of my call, Apple AirPods and accessibility, mainly conversation boost. I have found that to be very helpful. My left ear doesn't work very well, so uh, once I learned this was possible, I played with the settings, I set up the uh, balance to my left ear, and pulled the boost up, and I actually find myself wearing my AirPod more often just because I can actually hear better out of my left ear with my AirPod in. So that kind of makes me wonder if maybe Apple's going to try to do a hearing aid type thing, which doesn't sound cool, but it is helpful, so I don't know. It's it's just kind of interesting. I was wondering what you thought. But uh, Oh, also, I don't have the problem with my AirPod falling out of my ear. I guess uh, Apple designed them perfectly for me and not for you and Gil. But anyways, that's my thoughts. Thank you, sir. All right, Bo. So uh, I'm glad that Apple specifically designed the AirPods specifically for you, and they specifically fit for you perfectly. That's cool. But um, (laughs) you know what? Uh, I don't. I'll never say never. Obviously, I don't think that they're going to be making any kind of a hearing aid or hearing device anytime soon. I love how Conversation Boost works for you because, you know, when they put out that feature, I I said this is they showed it someone who was elderly, I think, in their video sample. And I'm like, oh, this is goes well beyond that. And so I'm just glad that this can help you out. Here's the other thing that we know that Apple is going deep into health and, you know, they may not be doing it anytime soon. 
But over in Korea, I mean, Samsung, they're not just a tech company. They own, you know, like pharmacy stores and grocery stores, and they're in, they're deeply entrenched in the culture of Korea. And I know a lot of people I've talked about on here before, but people may not understand it. Like Samsung, yeah, we just see them as an electronics company. There's so much more than that. I think they have hospitals as well. Um, so if Apple ends up getting to that scale and that size in the future, and this is not five years from now, maybe this is 10 years or 15 or 20 years right now. I mean, look at how big Apple has gotten and how much they've expanded. If they somehow get into something, a, a new spinoff of health medical devices, I could see it, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon. So that's, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, we'll wait and see. All right, next call comes to us from Juan. Hi, Brian. This is Juan from Orlando, Florida. Uh, I was just listening to you uh, podcast when you guys talk about uh, the AirPods uh, 3. And uh, you guys were talking about that your left one comes loose, uh, uh, just like uh, the AirPods Pro. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I had to return my AirPods Pro because my left one keeps coming loose, pushing me the way out of it. And then I was super excited with the AirPods 3 and the same issue, <laughs> uh, my left one comes loose. But I was gonna, you know, I was gonna tough it out and keep them. And then out of nowhere, Apple decided to release the, the new Beats. And then, so I tried them on and then voila, eventually I found the headphones that stays inside my ears, especially with my left ear, I don't know why. Uh, but these new uh, these new Beats headphones, they lock in place. The sound is same or better as the AirPods 3. It sounds amazing. And I get all the nice features of noise cancellation and transparency mode with uh, special audio and all the, the fun stuff. The only thing that I don't like is just the case. It's a little bit bigger than the AirPods 3, but it is pocketable. So I have it in my in my pocket right now. And I've been using them since they got released, and I love them so much. All right, Juan. Um, next time, hold the phone close to your mouth. I think you're probably in your car, and your phone was on a car mount. I'm just guessing. But I still wanted to show you love for calling in. Um, I believe, I don't think you specifically said it, but I believe you're talking about the Beats Fit Pro. And uh, I recently got a pair, and the little rubber ear hooks don't bother me at all. They They just, I don't even feel them. And those arguably might be the best designed feeling uh, wireless earbuds from let's call it Apple proper because Beats is a different division from the AirPods, but it is under the same umbrella parent company. Um, Those are the best fitting, best feeling ones out of the bunch that I've had so far as well. So I agree with you um, on that point, but you know, I think that it's going to be different for everyone, but I'm glad that there was a fit for you in a, I think the Beats Fit Pro are super fascinating because they kind of came in under the radar, and I don't think people are talking about them enough. Um, but that's okay, you know. I just think that they they've surprised me so far. All right, so everyone's been talking about like, oh, it fits in your ear or it doesn't fit in your ear. Maybe our friend Eric has an answer for us. Hey, what's good, Brian? It is Eric, and I'm calling you from Ann Arbor. Just wanted to say that I'm a proud Patreon supporter. Love your show, your videos, everything you do, man. So I wanted to call about the AirPod 3s. 
Um, and you know, I know that it's not as sexy maybe to talk about AirPods as it is to talk about like MacBook Pros, uh, or to talk about the iPhone 13, but it's important because so many people have at least one pair of AirPods or two or three, uh, and, and finding the right ones for you, uh, can, can be really important. So I went through this journey where I had like the ones, the twos, but I always worried about them because when I was running, they'd fall out of my ears. I was worried about them getting wet from like sweat or rain. So I upgraded to the pros and I loved them. Uh, loved the noise cancellation. Didn't think I was going to use it, but use it all the time. Um, and loved that I could like switch back and forth through transparency mode. Um, whenever I needed to, the issue I was having, like a lot of other people was that they would wiggle out of my ears. So what I found though, uh, on Amazon, and I think you mentioned this before, but, uh, I got some replacement tips and the brand that I got, they're kind of expensive. I want to see they're like 25 bucks, but it's comply. Um, and I ordered them and they are roughly the same size as the Apple tips, but, they have a little bit more friction to them, and they just stay in my ears so much better. Um, and so I was ready to return my AirPod Pros, and those new tips just made all the difference in the world. So hopefully for other people that are kind of trying to find the perfect fit, uh, those might help you. Anyway, man, love the show, and uh, thanks for all you do. Peace. Thanks so much, Eric. You know, I got I wanted to put that in because – People have asked in the past, I think uh, a caller, maybe I feel like six months ago, maybe it was a year ago, suggested them as well. So um, I have not purchased the Comply Foam Tips, but that's the basically the one that people are talking about if you want to kind of get a better fit. So, hey, there you go. Thanks so much for that, Eric. Okay, from one Eric to another Eric, we're going to shift gears. We're going to start talking about the new Mac book pro hi brian my name is eric i'm from the scranton pennsylvania region i just bought a 14 inch macbook pro and wanted to give you my first impressions the last macbook pro i bought was in 2015 it was an i5 13 inch 8 gigabytes ram and i used it for college you know all the basic stuff but i also did some modest video audio and image editing on that machine and for the most part it did what i needed it to do there were times where you know the fans were spinning it got hot i wish it had that extra bump in performance but most of the time it worked well and it still works to this day uh, but I knew it was time I knew, knew it was time to get a new MacBook Pro and I've been waiting for this machine to come out so I bought the 14 inch M1 Pro 16 gigabytes RAM 1 terabyte SSD and I love this machine I've only had it a week but I love this machine and you know the screen is gorgeous the keyboard types well speakers are phenomenal Battery life is so impressive. Just a, a light year's leap from the machine that I had been using. Love the fact that they have the ports. I love the HDMI port. I'm glad that they're including that in this 14-inch MacBook Pro. And I got to tell you on the notch, I don't mind it. I honestly think it blends into the background. If you put two machines side by side and you ask, do I want a notch? I'm going to pick the one without a notch. But using it every day, I think it kind of just disappears in my mind, and I don't mind it at all. Um, so those are my impressions, and thank you, Brian. I love watching your content. Keep it up, man. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. I love the kind of you, – you basically did a review in about an, a minute and a half. That was dope. That's good, Apple. I mean, also your audio sounded really nice too. So, um, yes, I, I agree 100%. And I would say since, you know, thank you for watching my content. If you like my videos – um, for everyone listening, there is a new, a new official music video world premiere 
on my YouTube channel coming by the time you listen to this. It's going to drop on Monday. So hopefully you check it out. Hopefully you enjoy it. And uh, let me know what you think about it. Let me know. All right. Last call coming to us from Kenny. Hey, Brian. This is Kenny from Seville, Ohio. And I'm torn right now. I need a little bit of uh, advice from you. I'm looking to upgrade. I don't want to jump into the M1 Pro, but I am seeing some really good deals for the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air with the M1 chip. Um, I was thinking I needed to get 16 gigs of RAM and at least 512 gigabytes of hard drive space. My buddy says that with this M1 chip, I don't even need the 16 gigs of RAM. The 8 gigs would be plenty. In that case, I'm thinking about a MacBook Air with uh, 8 gigs and a 1 terabyte hard drive. What do you think, uh, what would you do? You're on a budget of like 1600 bucks, maybe $1,500. Uh do I go all in on the MacBook Pro with the M1 and a, a smaller hard drive and smaller RAM, or do I go with the MacBook Air and go more hard drive, more RAM, and get the uh, M1 chip? I'd really appreciate the, the feedback you could give me. Thanks for the time, Brian. I really appreciate it. All right, Kenny, thank you so much for calling. Um, You know what? I think the biggest issue that I don't know is exactly what do you want to do? with this machine. And here's my take. If you're basically doing mostly using this as email, web surfing, word processing, some photos, and some light light video editing, you go with the MacBook Air, you get a thinner device, you get an amazing like an amazing performing machine with the M1 MacBook Air. You get the extra beef on it, right? More hard drive space bump up the RAM a little bit. I mean, I was editing videos like four layers of 4K and not have really having a problem with, with the eight gigs of RAM. But I would say, you know, to just kind of feel a little bit about it and give it a little extra oomph, I would, for most people, lean towards the MacBook Air. But if you're talking about you want, you're taking video editing and graphics seriously, then you've got to look at the M1 Pro. So that's that's going to be your biggest decision maker for you, how you're going to use it. I think that's actually the first question I always ask people. How do you use your device before I recommend it? Since I don't know, those are kind of the two variables I'm thinking of. Both machines are extremely quiet. You know, the M1 today, you know, yes, things change and things move fast. But for what most people need to do with basic stuff on their computer, the M1 is going to last you for a long time already, at least, I mean, this is not a stretch to say at least five years for what most users do. But if you're doing more complex stuff, then yeah, you got to look at the M1 Pro. So I don't know exactly, but that that's all the guidance I got. So that's all the advice that I can give you. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for hanging out again. Um, love to hear your calls. What do you think about right to repair? What do you think about the Apple glasses? What do you think about the Apple car? Do you even care about that? Let me know. Record your voice memo. Send it in. Applebitsshow at gmail.com. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters at the $100 Platinum Apple level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your incredible support. And thank you all of you 
who are still supporting me in any way, shape, or form. And if you want to jump on and you know be a first-time Patreon supporter, you know I'd love nothing more than that, but you have all allowed me to continue to do this. And I'm telling you, uh, these music videos that I put out, they would not be possible without being able to kind of have that little padding to support me because those videos, they get immediately demonetized. They are a passion project. You know, they, this is not a video that I can just put together in two days. I mean, this is actually, I'll be honest with you, this video and all the implementation and redoing lyrics and updating it for the new MacBook pros and getting new shots. I mean, it's, it's a long process. This took months, if not even, geez, maybe close to a year because of all those things that have happened. So anyways, I really hope that you know that you are deeply and intimately connected to me being able to do content like that, that I hope is made specifically to bring you joy because it brings me joy. And it sounds so silly to be like, oh, is there value you can put on making someone smile or feel good or just be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, this is what exactly it's all about um, for me. And I really appreciate that you all can support me. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. But that is gonna do it for this week's show, everybody. Um, Just a few notes. I will be going on a personal vacation uh, for the first time in two years, a true vacation. There will be a show next week, audio podcast as well. Um, Video-wise, if you're wondering what's going on, like I've been working my booty off and I just need to detox and just unwind completely. I'm just going to try and just disappear from the internet, quite honestly. I'll be in Hawaii. If you're out there and you see me, (laughs) say what's up. Throw out the shaka. Aloha, brah. But anyways, thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back here. It's going to be an Apple Watch Series 7 review with a special guest for next week's episode, and then we'll get back to our regular schedule. But until then, take care and be safe, everybody. It's the Apple Bits XL. Peace. Peace.